0: and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, and I have already been laughing this morning with my guest, and we are going to have a great time. So I can't wait to introduce Dr. Yorm Solomon with you. Now, I very rarely like actually read people's bios. So you know that when I read the bio, it's because there's something in it that I think is just fascinating. So here go the glasses so I can make sure I do it. So it says, Dr. Yorm Solomon is the author of the book of trust, the the book, Can I Trust You?, 50 plus one habits that will make you a trustworthy salesperson, and 11 more books, 22 patents, more than 300 articles, and was one of the creators of Wi-Fi and USB 3.0. Named one of the top 40 innovation bloggers and one of the top global thought leaders on corporate culture and emerging technologies. And so if that wasn't enough, he also is uh, you know, on the, um, the deck of the Millennium Fal- Millennial Falcon right now, which is, you can't see it because our video is, is off today, but it's fantastic. And we are going to be talking topping, talking about Yoram's top 10 tips for selling on trust and not price. So, oh, and he's back visually with me. So here we go. So Yorm, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, and by the way, you didn't mention the one thing, one of my achievements that I'm most uh, proud of, and that is that I share a birthday with Elvis Presley, David Bowie, Stephen Hawking, and Kim (laughs) Jong-un.
0: Well, happy birthday to you all.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That will be in January, but thanks. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I love it. Wow. Those are pretty um, amazing people to have the same birthday with.
1: <laughs> yeah, three of them are dead. The only one we wanted to be dead is alive.
0: Yeah, well, you know, these things happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I miss David Bowie. Wow. Well, Jorn, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business uh, because. What you do is phenomenal. I can't believe all that you do. I don't know when you sleep, but tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I sleep not more than eight hours a night uh, because otherwise (laughs) it's just a waste of time. But, uh, you know, 30 years ago, I I was an engineer. If you would tell me that 30 years later I would be speaking about trust, I would think that you're crazy. But I went through this path of uh, I got very concentrated in uh, innovation And then after I did my doctoral research, it was really about innovation culture. And uh, I transitioned to innovation culture, and it it took me a while to realize that the foundation to having a culture of innovation is really trust. You mentioned one of my books, I think, Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss, and, and I loved writing that one. I wrote it in 2017. It was funny because when that book came out, actually, when that book went To editing, when it was being edited, all of a sudden, that was when I met with a company and as I'm trying to analyze them, I realized that they're lacking the foundation of trust. So the book came back from editing and I added one more chapter and that chapter was actually the first time I talked about trust. The first time I started, I took the first shot at the model, actually a mathematical model of how trust gets built. And so that's... um, that's kind of how i got to where i am now uh, more specifically um, you ask, how do i help people and businesses uh, shock their potential uh, let, let, let me shock you with one thing i did a study and uh, maybe calling it a study is too much it's more of a survey i asked people what is the number one quality for you in other people and i gave them six types of people uh, whether it's your boss your employee your peer or colleague Uh, a salesperson trying to sell you something, your government representative and your spouse. And so my question was, what is the most important quality for you in that other person? And initially I started open-ended and then I narrowed it down to five, came out with the survey, got answers. Uh, Number five, I'll go from the back. Number five was good looks. Believe it or not, 0.83% of my participants thought that the number five, well, actually, they thought that number one most important quality for them in another person is their good looks. Wow. But I'm going to tell you which one is uh, number one. And number one is trustworthiness. But in trustworthiness had 62%. So more than the next four qualities combined Trustworthiness was the number one most important Mm. quality for people in other people that they interact with. But the highest of those six Mm -hmm. types of people was actually salespeople. For salespeople, that was 77.4%. So three in four people said that the number one quality for them in a salesperson is trustworthiness. And so I kind of followed up with another study to see if people are willing to put their money where their mouth is. And what I found was that if a sale, a trustworthy salesperson sells something against an untrustworthy salesperson, they will get the business 100% of the time, not 90, not 95%, 100% of the time, no doubt. <laughs> But then I wanted to see what if the trustworthy salesperson would increase the price by 10%. I still had 100%. And in oh. that scenario, I gave a $10,000 project. So, you know, for, for speakers, uh, for example, that oh. could be a keynote. Uh, so, right. 100% of the time. And then as I started going up, I found that the crossover point was at 29.6%. So, let me make this into a sentence a trustworthy wow. salesperson can sell, sell the same product or same service for 29.6% higher price and still get the business so that's I love uh, it you know i wrote books on the topic uh, keynotes uh, workshops i deliver workshops for companies that's that's really what i enjoy doing the most coming in explaining mm-hmm. trust and then give them i have a seven step process to become trustworthy And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the books that I think you mentioned is, can I trust you 50 plus one habits that will make you a trustworthy salesperson? And so Mm -hmm. when you ask me about the top 10 tips, I'm just going to borrow from that book.
0: Perfect. I love it. I I'm, I'm all in. I like, I feel like I need a drum roll for you because this is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And by, and before you get into the top 10 tips though, just, I, I didn't really think about this until now, but You know, as you, um, you, I, you know, I always tell people what I'm going to ask them, you know, are kind of the basic questions. I have never had anyone actually write up the answers for me the way you did uh, just to prep me for this interview and talk about building trust. I'm like, wow, he really is excited to be here. He's, he's totally professional. It, you know, the things that we do, these little things really do build trust and they build uh, confidence in each other, without a doubt,
1: and and there's a reason. And and you touched on that. This is the reason why I do this because you don't know me. You know we we haven't met. I I think we may have met before uh, in person once, but um, I think so
0: in a say yes,
1: yeah. And and so generally, you don't know who I am, and uh, you're it, it's an unknown quantity. And and even though this is not broadcasted live. But that that happens to me even when I go live and, and people don't know who I am. And some of the elements in building trust are one, competence. This, this is from my model, competence. Mm-hmm. And so in what I sent you, you, you looked at it and, and you had the sense, okay, he knows what he's talking about. That, that's what mm-hmm. you just said. But the other thing, a big part of it is uh, shared values. And you needed to know that I am taking this seriously, which I am. And that was one way to show you that I am taking this seriously.
0: Yes, I agree. I love it. So I can't wait. Let's get into your top 10 tips for selling on trust and not price. Even though we know if you're trustworthy, you can raise prices to (laughs) 29.6%.
1: That is correct. And so how do you get there? And I'm actually not just going to give you top 10, I'm going to give you top 10 plus one. And which by the way, explains the name of the book is 50 plus one habits uh, that will make you a trustworthy salesperson. And and I want to just establish that it's not that I don't know that 50 plus one are 51. I I do. It's actually pretty simple. Uh, but there is something special about the one and I decided even though you, were ask, you asked for 10, I'm going to throw in the plus one at the end. So let's start from the top. Yeah. Actually, from the bottom. From the uh, and bottom. the first one is... Bottom line, first or last. And and there's a funny story there. I I had a boss when I worked in Texas Instruments. And every time I tried to convince her with something, you know, I was the visionary in the group. I'll try to convince her. She kind of developed like an allergic reaction to to what I (laughs) proposed always. And at some point, it was really annoying. The thing is, at some point, I asked her, why do you have this allergic reaction to to whatever I propose?" And she said, because you're giving me the bottom line and I don't see how you got there. So the first thing that I think is that's probably not the right solution, the right approach. Mm. And I asked her, would you prefer me to come in with the bottom line first or last? And she said, last, I want you to start with the rationale. And Mm -hmm. I did a survey based on that. And I realized that 74% of people prefer to give or get the bottom line first. 17% don't care, 9%, uh, no, I'm sorry, 17% would like to get the bottom line last mm-hmm. and 9% don't care. And if you correlate that, what you're gonna get is that one in four cases, one in four combinations of two people don't agree on how to communicate. So when you are <laughs> so dealing with a customer, it's a simple thing, just ask them, do you want me to go to straight to the bottom line or do you want me to build the rationale, explain everything, and get to the bottom line at the end? And the reason yeah. is because for me, for example, you don't give me the bottom line first. I lose context. Right. But different people are different. And that's why one of the important things about my mo- trust model is that it's relative. It's it's unique to every set of two people. So that was yes. one.
0: And Two, and I... It's still- that I was just going to say, and that's so much respect to say to the person that you are, you know, in the sales process with, to ask them, how would you like to proceed? Because that puts them in the driver's seat, they feel more invested, and then they trust you even more. Yes, I love it
1: that's right that's right and so number two is identify the common enemy i had a salesperson trying to sell me something and i was wearing you know they knock on the door i open the door i wear a shirt that has something related to music and she starts saying oh you know what i love music and my family is into music and so on i'm like i don't know you yet i mean we're we're trying to find the common things Instead of trying to find the things, the positive things we have in common, how about if you can identify a common enemy that we have? I mean, Mm -hmm. think about the first things that you said to me in this call. You asked me, how am I dealing with the situation right now? We are in the middle of the COVID situation. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast uh, in 2040, 20 years ago, we had a COVID uh, pandemic. And,
0: exactly, but
1: That's a common enemy. We both suffer from that common enemy and it created some trust between us because of that common enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, admit to your products disadvantages. Nothing and nobody is perfect. Too Absolutely. many salespeople pretend that their products are perfect. And uh, when you do that, it's just not credible. So I, I don't see you as trustworthy. If you can tell me, hey, by the way, there's one thing that our product does not do very well. It just, I don't think it's that important to you and you share it with me. I go, okay, the product is not perfect. The less perfect it is, the more I trust that you're telling me the truth. Uh, number four. And,
0: and, and with Wait, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you on just a moment there because sure. you know, I for many years I um, ran some very large sales teams in the hearing aid space. And I always told my salespeople, remember, we sell a product that nobody wants at a price tag nobody wants to pay. So, if you are not recognizing that fact and having that dialogue honestly with with a customer know they didn't want to come there because nobody gets up and says you know what today's the day i can't wait to go get hearing aids i'm just gonna go do it the day they go is the day that they're tired of being nagged by their family and they're dreading it and they know they have hearing loss they don't want to have it so when you see that person come in and say like hey how's your day it's so nice to see you and these are going to change your life that's the person you say look i know you don't want to be here and it sucks to have hearing loss I tell you what these are not going to solve every one of your problems but they're going to help you with a lot of things but let's talk about what's most important to you and that honesty takes people's guards down and it makes them it makes them say okay well he or she actually does see me and get me i think it's such a that's it's such a great reminder that disadvantages don't mean that they're going to cost you a sale it's just a part of the process
1: that's right. That, that's exactly right. So I'll go to number four. And number four, yes. don't badmouth your competitors. You know, oh. so many salespeople, they go, oh the other competitor, this is what they do, this is what they do. You'd, I don't think much, I don't think very highly of people that badmouth other people. I know that your competitor exactly. is not the best, but when you focus on how your competitor is worse, and all the bad things that they do, I I don't think very highly of you either. So just don't badmouth them. Exactly. And you know what? I would even go a step further. If your customer is pulling you into that mm. conversation, going, oh, you know what? Your your competitor is so bad. I would actually say, th- there is a point <laughs> I, I still remember. If you remember when John McCain uh, was running for president against Barack Obama, and he was in a campaign rally yes. and uh, someone came to, me, to him and started talking about Barack Obama. And unfortunately, and this is another area that I'm researching, our political yes. divisiveness right now. But someone came to him and started bad-mouthing Barack Obama and he said, No, I'm, I'm sorry. You have to stop. He's a good, mm-hmm. decent man. And this is, yes. don't even get pulled to it if your customer starts. I know it's easy. It's it's easy to just get sucked into it. Don't don't badmouth your competitors.
0: Well, because you don't know what you don't know what that person's going to say about you. You know that even that customer, if they're bad bad mouthing your your competitor, that customer is probably <laughs> you, yeah. You may not be the recipient of good news on their end either.
1: Yeah. So I have another story for number five. Uh, when Maya, Maya is my older daughter, she's 21 now, but when she was about, I don't know, a year old, two years old, uh, this was the first time that she wanted to call me at work. So my wife and I have this deal and (laughs) we have the deal. And, uh, when my wife calls, if I'm busy and I can't answer, I'm not going to answer. If it's urgent, she's going to call me twice if she called me twice now, I would hang up on your podcast and answer her because it's an yeah. emergency. Yeah. But even That's when right. I answer, her first question is, can you talk right now? Because sometimes I would answer, but but I am still kind of busy. So Maya asked my right. wife to call me at the office. And so she, my wife told her, listen, when he answers, the first question you have to ask is, daddy can you talk right now? I pick up the phone. Hmm? It's Maya on the other side. Hey, Maya. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Daddy, can you talk right now? And I said, Maya, I'm in the middle of something. I'll call you back. And she just kept on going because my wife didn't tell her what to do (laughs) if I said that I can't. So, she just (laughs) went on and on and on. I couldn't even stop her. So, you know, if you're trying to sell, this is one of my biggest pet peeves when somebody calls you a telemarketer or somebody knocks on the door and they just go. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. if you just asked, do you have five minutes? Is this a good time or or would another time be better and so on? I'm almost compelled mm-hmm. to say, sure, yeah, I'll make some time. But then I'm vested into, into it, even just a little But I trust you a little more because I can see that you care about what I feel.
0: Yes. Well, and I think even when you're getting to the point of the close, you know, to be able to say, now... You know we can go we'll go into pricing and a- answer any questions but you know i'd also like to know you know are you at a point where you feel like today's a day you want to make a decision are you just looking how can i best help you and it kind of gets back to your first one about the bottom line first or uh, first or last is you know, by asking a person, you know, where they are in the process, that's another sign of respect. And it's another way of, you know, saying, is this a good time? I mean, is this the time you want to make a decision? In which case I want to give you everything you need, or do you want just a little because you've got a lot going on? Putting the, every time you put the customer in the driver's seat, you give them a different sense of how they trust you.
1: Well, I guess I don't need to, re- to tell you what the sixth one is because you kind of almost said it because the sixth one Oops. is, you know how you get the call and they just, you can tell, you can tell that they're reading a script. They're not reading me. Oh, yes. And so number six is read the customer, not the script. Uh, and this is just like what mm-hmm. you said. I mean, is this, a, are you in the market for buying a car? Are you in the market for buying a phone? Are Are you in the? Are you interested? Do you want me? But but no, they just launch on their script. And you know, one of the things that I really really dislike when they do, they have this uh, in the script. There's a little area where in brackets it say, "Say the customer's first name," and so they go. <laughs> Are you in the, well, they're not really asking. Uh, we have a very good for you, uh, a very good deal for you, Yoram. Uh, did you know, Yoram, that this, it's like, man, we're not on a first name basis yet. I mean, skip that. I can tell you're reading the script. I can tell. I know that what it says there is in brackets, customer's first name. It's, uh, um, let's see, what else do I have? Number seven. Sorry. No. <laughs> Number seven. I am
0: just smiling. My face is going to hurt when we're done with this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait until you see the Falcon millennial millennium again, the millennium Falcon. That's it. I it was backwards. <laughs> I went yes, too soon. Millennium
0: Falcon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> the, you know, the, the, you, if you are in sales, then you learn that the customer is always right. And that's bull. Mm-hmm. I, I had a customer when I worked in Texas Instruments um, and uh, he was, you know, we're gonna call him. We're gonna call him Dan, mainly because his name was Dan. But um, so, ne- <laughs> Dan uh, w- was was an obnoxious person. I mean, nobody at TI wanted to ever meet with him and talk with him. And one day we were at the same place, same time. It was time for dinner, and I said, "Hey, Dan, uh, do you want to grab dinner?" And he said yes, and I already regretted it as soon as he said yes but we went to dinner and
0: everybody else ran away because they didn't want to get invited
1: oh they were nowhere to be seen as soon as she showed up yeah exactly uh, and and so i went to i went to dinner with him and you know we chit chat small talk and all of a sudden he looks at me straight in my eyes and he says of all the people in ti you're the only one that i enjoy working with i'm like well that's that's a weird compliment when I said, why? He said, because you're the only one who doesn't ask me, what do you want? And then will give me exactly what I want. You're the only one that I can tell you what I want. And you'll tell me, bull, that's not what you need. Let me tell you what you need. And and you start talking and you make me think, you make me challenge what I thought I needed, what I thought I wanted. And so the customer is not always right. And it is okay to tell the customer, I understand that that's what you think, but let me show you something better. Not because that's what I have, even if it's not what I have. My wife was great, in in. I took her to a, a trade show when I had my own startup company back in Israel. We went to a trade show in New York, and uh, I remember one day I I hear her talk to a customer, potential customer, and she goes, our product is not very suitable for you. And I'm thinking, wait, we're supposed to sell them, not to push them away. And and then I realized it's very powerful to tell the customer that this is not the right product for you. By the way, if it's not the right product, at some point they're going to realize it. But it's your attitude in saying, this is not what you need. Even if this is our product, this is not what you need. And you know what? I can probably tell you what you, right. what you do need, and, and you're, you'll get it from somebody else. You build credibility, and, and it's a relationship game. Yes. You,
0: Absolutely. And that, per- that person is so likely to recommend you to somebody else that will need your product, and then you have a great endorsement.
1: That's right. And you know, in in the speaking business, I I had someone that came to me and asked me to speak about something because they heard great things about me, if I don't mind mentioning it myself. But uh, the topic they (laughs) wanted me to talk about was not one of my topics. Now, can I massage what I have to give them what they wanted? Yes. Uh, Would I give them exactly what they wanted? Probably not. And I just said, you know, this is my area. I, I talk about trust. This is my my specialty. This is my focus. This is my expertise. Um, what you need, I, I can recommend a few people for you. Uh and and I'll just, you know, I I, I don't need the fee. Just give it to someone else who's mm-hmm. gonna be better for you. Guess what? Then they call you back to, to give a talk about trust uh yes. in their next event. <laughs> exactly fantastic now, i love it <laughs> you know how you asked uh, about the the sales process itself so you know that michael th- this happens to you i i can guarantee that it happens to you when uh you there is this webinar about something that you care about maybe it's uh, how to increase the number of views on your youtube channel and whatever and uh But you join the webinar, and all they do is just sell you all the time. They sell you their services. The webinar is free, but they sell you their services. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I attended one of those, and the opening was just brilliant. What the person said, the person giving the webinar said, was, I'm going to give you value in the first 45 minutes of this hour. I promise I'm not gonna sell you anything in the first 45 minutes. All I ask is that you stick for the last 15 minutes in which I will sell to you. Just give your customer, tell them what the sales process is. Include value in the sale process, but tell them what the process is and stick to it. You'll be surprised that they stick with you at the end.
0: Hey, Yoram, do you mind if I ask you to um, go through that story one more time? Because I had a little, uh, we had a interference, so we lost most of your message. Do you mind starting just about um, the uh, the webinar?
1: Sure, yes. Actually, I made this whole story up, so it's it's like uh, I'll make another story up. No, okay, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning of that. Uh, you know, you're exposed to this as much as I am. People are trying to sell us things, whether it's uh, how to increase the number of views or likes on your YouTube channel and how to, I don't know what, how to publish your book. And the thing is that you join Mm -hmm. this webinar. The webinar is completely free, but they sell to you throughout the entire thing. They just uh, Mm -hmm. relentlessly, relentlessly, they sell to you. And a couple of weeks ago, I went on one of those webinars and you know I expect to be sold to and the person who gave that webinar was just brilliant she opened with this I promise that in the first 45 minutes I will not sell to you anything but what I ask is that you stay through the last 15 minutes in which I will she laid out the sales process and because of that I was so much more likely to stay for the last fifteen minutes. So, yes. describe the sales process and stick to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I, it made me wonder whether or not that was my friend uh, Bryn Tillman uh, on her LinkedIn uh, webinar because she just—I listened to her do that same thing last week, and I was so impressed. That, of course, I also stayed on because she wanted some tips on how to close better. So <laughs> but it was so, it just felt, it felt so, so honest.
1: Yeah, it was another one, but uh, I'm glad to see that uh, she was not the only one doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a trend now. I like it.
1: Yeah. So the next one is, uh, we're up to number nine, I think, uh, consistent dun- body dun- language. Yes. Uh, you know, you may have heard of the 73855 rules. This is one of the rules that by Albert Morabian, came out in a book uh, in 1971, called uh, silent messages. That rule is probably more scrutinized than any other rule ever created, Uh, whether 7% of your, it's actually what he wrote in the book is 7% of liking and feeling comes through words, 38% through tone of voice, 55% through body language. People think that it's uh, the percentages of message that gets communicated, which is not. I would even challenge, and others have challenged, how he got to those numbers. However, he said something very powerful at the beginning of that book. He said, when your body language, when your nonverbal communication is inconsistent with your message, people will not Mm. trust you. You know, we say things and our body language says something else. Our tone of voice says something else our facial expressions, the muscles, the tiny little muscles and micro expressions in our face say something mm-hmm. different. The consistency of body language is critical to be considered trustworthy, especially when you're in the sales process.
0: <laughs> I, I was thinking about how many times I would walk into a store, like a clothing store, and the, um, the clerk is behind the counter on their phone They barely glance up and they mostly just do this because they've heard the ding, you know, as I've walked through and then they go, welcome to, you know, whatever, welcome to the gap. Let me know if I can help you with anything. Thank you for coming in today.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is uh,
0: like, yeah,
1: you can tell that they don't mean it. And the thing is at that point, it doesn't matter what the message is. It doesn't matter what they tell you because you can already tell that they don't mean it. So that yeah, takes exactly. me to yeah. number 10. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, well, no, remember we have a bonus. We have a plus one, we so we're not there yet. I am <laughs> <laughs> So number 10 is be vulnerable. Uh, vulnerability sells trust. Uh, and yes. if you are vulnerable, if you say things, you know, it's things like, I don't know. They're going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. Obviously, you better know a lot about your product competition, uh, my problems that you're trying to solve with your product or service. But sometimes I'm going to ask you something that you're not going to know. When you say, I don't know, you buy credibility, mm-hmm. you buy trustworthiness uh, from me. Uh, it makes you human, it makes you yeah. relatable, and it yeah. makes you trusted. Which brings us yeah. to the last one. I'm-
0: Yes, this
1: this is the plus one. So it's 10 plus one. It's not 11, it's 10 plus one, because this plus (laughs) one is common to all the books that I have in my series, Can I Trust You? I have a book on salespeople, on team members, on leaders, and it's always a plus one because the plus one is similar. Uh, Mm. Trust is relative. Trust is something that happens between every two people. It's not something that happens in an organization. Organizations with a high, high level of trust are organizations where people, the level of trust between every two individuals is higher than average. But we are different people. And so I teach, I teach entrepreneurship in a uh, pretty prestigious uh, uh, graduate school, graduate college here in uh, Texas. And... Um, mm-hmm uh you know one day my daughter my older daughter uh was signing up for classes in her college and uh i realized that when she signs up to classes she goes to a website called ratemyprofessors.com. dot com did you ever know that there is a website like this no i had no reviews, idea reviews on professors students who actually participating in class uh, are uh, reviewing their professors and i thought man this is so cool Do you think I have a page there? So we checked, we uh, searched for my name and we found a page. I have a page and my former students, it's anonymous so I can't tell who is who, Uh, but they Uh posted reviews on me as a professor and I'm reading this review and it says this professor is, so you know, on a scale of one to five, the minimum is one, uh, that student gave me a one which translates into awful. And uh, he, he said, this professor is full of himself. He's arrogant. He talks about his own stories. He quotes himself and so on. I mean, things I didn't even realize I was doing, you know, but uh, this, was, this was really demotivating. But oh, boy. the other 14 reviews there, with the exception of one that was a four, the others were all fives that, goes into awesome. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at a few other reviews and the reviews talk about how I'm passionate about what I do and how I share and how what I give them is practical. And I give them things from my own personal experience, which is exactly what the other student said, except he or she said this was a negative thing. And I was, here's what blew me away. All those students, five of them, four of them gave me a five, one of them gave me a one. They all sat at the same class at the same time because they actually say what class and what semester and what year. Uh, They were sitting in the same room with me. They had the same experience, yet they got it so differently. So my bonus, my plus one tip is trust is relative. Not everyone will trust you. I gave you the story of Rate My Professors. You have to know when to give up. You have to know mm-hmm. that you're not going to make 100% of your sales, of your sales calls. Yeah. You're going to hit this customer where there's no chemistry. The chemistry is just not working between the two of you. Mm-hmm. I know that salespeople many times are not giving up. They, they want to hold on to every opportunity. You got to know when to give up.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yes. Oh, I love that story too. And sometimes you have to give up reading or trying to understand them. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to demotivate yourself. So, oh my goodness. That's, that's fantastic. I, I agree with every one of your 10 plus one tips, without a doubt.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Actually, if you put the three oh. books together, there's like 205 of them. Oh no, one hundred and eighty-seven. One hundred and
0: eighty-seven plus three. <laughs> plus three. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think I could talk with to you all day, except for my face is going to hurt from laughing and smiling, which is fabulous. Which ah. tells us that there is a lot of trust here. Oh goodness, there is. Oh, Yoram, that is so fantastic. I really, I could, I could just have a ton of stories. Why don't you have a podcast? You could just tell stories all day long. I think it'll be great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we're nearing the end. And I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes. But in case somebody just can't wait and they want to look you up now, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Well, my name is Yoram Solomon. That's Y-O-R-A-M-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And you can find me on YoramSolomon.com, on LinkedIn as YoramSolomon, on Twitter as Yoram Solomon, and on Instagram as YoramSolomon. Ah, <laughs> but someplace
0: of. else on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes.
0: I love it. So do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, It it took me a while to reach that conclusion, but um, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? You can always lower your price to win business. Why not get the business at a higher price by selling on trust instead of price?
0: Hmm. words that are definitely worth living by yoram it has been such a pleasure to interview you thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast today i know that i've enjoyed this thoroughly and my listeners will as well i'm so glad that we are connected
1: thank you for having me michael and i'm glad for that as well
0: thank you for joining us on another episode of shock your potential Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.